Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. She's a whole vibe. It's Sydney. Show her the money. It's Michelle. She's putting in the work. It's Lauren Ashley. Feeling lucky in Kentucky. It's Katie. There's a doctor in the house. It's Dr. Laura. This teacher is serving looks. It's Eliane Marie. Her receipts are rated E for everyone. It's Tiff. And your host, Greg Howard Jr. And welcome back to This Is Not An Endorsement. Our second round is called Read All About It. And these are the stories that everyone is talking about. First up, Twitter data has revealed that there was, in fact, a coordinated campaign of hate against Meghan Markle. Anybody Mm -hmm. really is surprised by that? No, not at all. Well, first of all, we got to say, not Meghan Markle. She's Megan, Duchess of Sussex. Oh, that's fair, right. Fair, fair enough. Fair fair enough. Every, every time. But no, uh, too black to be surprised. Like, squad will come mm-hmm. after your ass. You know what I'm saying? Come on, they really the fuck <laughs> will. will. The Sussex squad is deep. I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> black girl magic. I know that's yeah. right. But no, nothing Shit. about that is a surprise. A black princess, they weren't going to let that stand. Come on. Girl, come on, come on now. Not just, come on. Not just that. And he, got the, he got the most Mary ambiguous, Diana. like, Look, let's be honest. If Harry could have gotten away with getting a sister with even a little more color, <laughs> okay, he got the safest one that he could find. That's right. Literally. Mm-hmm. And they literally have acted a complete, the entire complete United Kingdom. The entire time. And their ancestors. They don't, they don't siphon ghosts like Philip to come out of nowhere and do all of this yeah. nonsense. <laughs> it's <Okay>. crazy. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, how y'all get how y'all get Prince Philip to 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 come back from the dead? I'm <laughs> like, I'm, I just don't understand. Karen's are so upset, not just because she married a prince, but the prince that she married. If she had married a lesser, more obscure royal, I don't think they would be in their feelings. But she married Diana's boy, Diana's most attractive mm-hmm. boy. Mm-hmm. Okay, right? girl, let's talk about it. <laughs> That other one yeah, looked like a thumb. Okay. You married the one they all wanted and have been fantasizing yeah. about since they were kids, and they are big mad and big hurt. Yes. And you know, big gonna do whatever they can Harry, to try to fuck it Harry up because how never... dare she? Wait, no, Harry wait, wait. Home. I'll interject because no, I, when I was a young girl, that you was me. all over William, wasn't you? I was all over <laughs> William. <laughs> I was all over I, until he until he turned that's into his ass looked like Nick Carter. That's why <laughs> until he turned well, into okay. Charles. Wait, wait, wait. The physical wait, wait. manifestation of, of Charles's garbage jeans, those Windsor Ooh, jeans. Oh mercy. Ugh. But see, here's the that's, here's the here's the thing Diana. about Will. Okay. Like, you know, back in the day, Will was the attractive prince. Mm-hmm. He was and then his mother tragically passed. He started acting a fool and mm-hmm. she snatched his hairline from beyond the grave. <laughs> so, she sure did. She sure she did. Started acting like his daddy. <laughs> and I think it's I think it's really um in this situation with like all the hate against uh Princess Megan is that you know before 
she and Harry were together, his last girlfriend, Chelsea Davies, was blonde hair, blue eyed, blue eyed girl. Oh, see, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, she's very did, forgettable. Did you too, see her? So. She was at their wedding. Looked like she sucked the lemon the whole time. Wore black. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. I forgot about the ex that, that they was come oh, out. Yeah. Ooh, she oh, yeah. Oh, she had a on her. I bet Ooh. she did. Seeing that I pretty, mean, pretty old black girl come down that aisle. Oh, yeah. I would have That's a right. guy if I had to go to my ex-boyfriend's freaking wedding, a royal wedding. I'd be sitting well, there like this. Like... Well, you know, those, those elite <laughs> circles are so small. Those elite circles are so small, he couldn't not invite her because she would have literally been the only person in their yeah. friend group not there. She wouldn't have had anybody to spend the day with. So you just suck it up and you go. But damn, she could have put a good face on it. She yeah. had, had some little, you know, Chris Pratt looking escort over there and have them make out with her in the front row. She didn't have to go out like that. Like, had they, had they sat her next to, say, Serena Williams or Oprah, she'd have had the biggest smile on her face because <laughs> they would have sat there and pinched her the whole time and said, you fucking act ah. right. You, don't you fuck this up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's hilarious. But then she I had to sit her ass in the back. And I know she was like, well, where is this privilege that everybody say I'm supposed to have? I'm not supposed <laughs> to be sitting in the back, child. This is for, this is for folks with color. I, I don't understand. Me do, this does not compute. Going, you want some of my favorite things for Christmas? You are going to suck it up and you are going right? to smile. Exactly. <laughs> like, girl, if you want a stock and stuff, you're going to go get it together. Right. <laughs> better act like you, you know. You want a pair of these $500 slippers. You better shut your mouth. Okay. <laughs> the hell? You want some Versace, bitch, don't you? All right, then. Be cool. Also in the news recently, a group of climate change activists have launched a hunger strike outside of the White House. Um, oh, every, every, just, they're not climate change activists. They are no. spoiled brats who are basically Oh, y'all talking about the Sunrise Movement. Oh, my head, I can't. It's but can so I just narrate to the listeners what every single one of us did when you started uh, <laughs> introducing that story, every single person here rolled their eyes like, I, I can't yeah. even. <laughs> we were all like, oh, I saw the back of my head for a minute. I did. I have <laughs> tears in my eyes because I'm sitting here like, Lord, these folks, they didn't just, they just made my hair hurt. I'm like, oh God. Like, you know what I would have done? They give I the climate enthusiast such a bad name. And I'm like, that's my, I, those, is, yep. those are like my people adjacent. And I'm just like. It, I would have I I, I started cooking food right next to him. I would have. But Girl, okay. This plate. <laughs> no need to Performative politics yourself. is like prop comedy. Mm -hmm. Facts. Yes. If you cannot tell a joke without slamming a, mat, a watermelon or show, you know having a puppet or some other nonsense then you shouldn't be on stage telling jokes yeah. performative politics has no place right when it comes to if that's your only message look it's one thing to bring in something and you say here's a picture of one of my constituents so say you're in congress here's a picture of a constituent and here's what happened to them look in look in their eyes and see the pain that they felt fine that I'm okay with. But if you're protesting something and you're creating this about you and this becomes about you, you have now lost what the messaging is. 
if what you want to say is my generation is is going to be under attack because of inaction on climate, show data, which is there. This is not me saying that if I don't believe in this, I absolutely believe in this. My whole we thing. have to like actually throw it out there in a way that becomes palatable. And that, you know, when you do this, you, you turn more people away than you bring people in. So that performative politics, I don't care if you're a, an activist or you're a member of Congress or a Senator reading green eggs and ham, because you think this is going to actually indicate something about critical race theory or some other garbage. Oh, okay. Lord. I, that, that there's no room for that. I want, I literally, when it comes to Congress and it comes to the Senate, I want somebody who is empowered by the, 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 the whole body to walk around with an air horn, okay? And when somebody tries to do something performative, instead of actually doing their job, you just, uh, like, just set the damn thing off. I'm so because for this idea. You, <laughs> I stopped supporting the candidate here in Kentucky because she, you know, I absolutely love her. She's done amazing work and she wants to run for the open Congress seat that we're going to have here. And I've been giving her donations and I saw a tweet from her two days ago that was, she said, I met with all of them and I fully support this. I need to keep doing this. And I'm like, honey, no, this is Kentucky. <laughs> like, right. Okay. We're already had to deal with Charles Booker enough that is so far left. Like, mm-hmm. And apparently she's on the same wavelength and she actually has, I've noticed she changed in her bio on Twitter, activist politician. And I was just like, so you're basically. Uh, Yeah. She's going to lose. She is. Which is horrible. You're about to lose that job. Get the stance. She's going to go in and tell you. (laughs) No. Okay. Yeah, it's just not happening. Uh, uh, not no, but here's, here's my thing. I, I have an issue with the entitlement that's coming from that group of performative politicians because it seems to be a particular strain of privileged white kid that thinks the same that politics is about, you know, they treat politics like they treat my their own parents. I want it now. I'm going to hold my breath until you give it to me, you know, and then Thanks. they disrespect all the people who are actually in the trenches doing the actual work who understand how things have to happen. They still mm-hmm. are in this, I want it now, you know, Veruca salt phase, basically. And David it's like, Hogg. <coughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, baby, you can hold your breath to your blue in the face. All I'm gonna do is say it matches your eyes so nicely. I'm not helping you. I'm not supporting you. I'm not fighting your battles for you. I'm gonna tell you to take your little bratty ass back to the suburbs and guilt through college and try to learn something while I'm out here doing this shit. You know, y'all, y'all are way nicer than me because when (laughs) Michelle, when Michelle posted um, that picture of the boy in the hospital, I was like, oh, well, if he loves the earth so much, he can be in the earth six feet deep because I don't care. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's like I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. Like you, if you want to, you want play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So if you, if Amen. it's worth it for you to die over climate change, good. Bye. See ya. <laughs> well, my fund, my fundamental thing is this: there are actual kids starving and who have food insecurity exactly. in this country. So the, is. it is the absolute height of privilege to try to do there a hunger is. strike in this manner. It's not even politically effective because you have to be somebody 
at the political level of a Gandhi or a King type figure for people yeah, like, to respond to a hunger strike. They're really putting themselves on that level, like the height yes. of entitlement, right? Exactly. And not to mention, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. And yes. you really want to be sitting there wasting hospital resources when yes. you can just go get a freaking burger or a salad if that's your thing. Because there's you know nothing wrong with you like, if you're doing this to yourself. You know, you're doing this on purpose and you're taking those resources away. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. But see, yeah. I, I have to ask, though, like, you know, because we've seen like this rise of these alleged climate change activists. Um, where's Greta? Is is she on vacation? Like, what's where's she, she been? Was actually, she was outside of uh, Glasgow, and she was there, and there was uh, she was rallying people, but she wasn't hunger striking. She was mm. she put out demands, which I'm all, yeah. I'm fine with someone putting out yeah. demands. I and she's got. I mean, she knows her data. She knows what's going on. Um, but you know, she's somebody that, that was there. She wasn't happy with what came out of Glasgow. Um, especially on the first day, I think the first day she was pretty put off. Um, I think after, I think with the president of Barbados spoke, she, she actually was like, this is what I'm talking about. Someone has to put out that we need net, net carbon zero. Um, and then, uh, is it the prime minister of India? Whoever is in charge of the president of India put it out there too. So, I mean, she she was responsive to what was coming out. She really pushes back on, on Biden. She pushes back on, on the European Union folk and that sort of thing. But she she was out there. And, and I'm not defending people who are losing their steam just by, you know, one of the things Michelle said is that you're not, you're not in the game. You're out there heckling and you're not in the game. And, and right. she tries to get in the game. She's made it into the stage. She has people to listen to her. Um, and I think she is aware enough of that, that she doesn't want to remove that opportunity to be invited back into the arena. Um, right. but yeah. Yeah. I, I, I respect more what, Greta Thunberg does you know Mm -hmm. because she like she meets with the world leaders she you know she's she's got the 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 data and she you know she will speak to you on facts you know she's not handcuffing herself to a semi-truck and Mm -hmm. you know starving herself on Black Lives Matter Plaza for right for what social media engagement yeah. is what it boils down to yeah well I mean I feel like these kids handle everything like influencers right they, they have tape activism right I mean it's like they haven't bothered to learn the actual rules of engagement and to try to you know build themselves up to actually become experts in the field and take the baton but they're just doing stuff for rage clicks and calling it activism you know, yeah. that's I mean, not how they, that works. They don't even understand how our government works. If no. you're sitting there trying to lobby the president, it's like that's the president doesn't 
make legislation. That's not right. what the president does. That's the and, legislative and, branch. And you shouldn't be skipping straight to the federal level anyway. What's yeah. happening in your community? You yeah. Council people. Come on now. Who's your mayor? <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? What are you trying right. to get them to get, get? What are you trying to get them to do? You know? I'm trying to tell y'all. <laughs> so now we're going to move this. on to the moment that everybody on this panel has been waiting for. Oh, Lord. Um, we are going to talk about election night 2021. Um, oh. Tiff, I know you have <laughs> quite a few thoughts on this. Um, so I'm going to let you open this one up. All right. Well, election night 2021. I'll say this. Besides Virginia, so far, so good. Like there was a lot of good and Michelle did a great post on it yesterday or last mm -hmm. night, maybe this morning. It was late, like, <laughs> but it, it was a great post. And I think Jamie, Jamie Harrison did one too, where he talked about all the different mayoral races that were won, lots of progressives. There was definitely some good that happened last night, but of course, you know, the media has made it into Virginia. Everything is Virginia. New Jersey right. probably won't get called until the end of the week because they have to go through the mail-in ballots, but I'm pretty sure we're going to win that. But Virginia was the topic. And my issue with that is, and I said it in a post last night, and I said, why is Virginia the bellwether? We already know that Virginia flips. It constantly mm -hmm. flips. So it'll be, you know, one if the Biden is the president, it's going to be a Republican. Northam was there. You know, it, 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 yeah. Trump was there. Like, there, there's a whole, like, there's they a sequence behind They vote for the Biden government it. on purpose. Exactly. They exactly. So it's not, it shouldn't have been a shocker, but I think it was a shocker because we came off of California and we were like super excited about that. And then we were like, okay, well, this can't happen there. And it also kind of dissipated really fast, right? So they were talking about the news this morning. So in September, the polling looked totally different than what it did this week. So there was a big drop off. And yeah. one, one can fathom, okay, what made it drop off? Well, one, McCullough said something stupid in a debate about education. Yes. So that played a factor in it. Other people can say, well, maybe it was Bill Back, you know, the fact that we couldn't pass a bill, Bill, bill Back Better or BIF, you know, bipartisan infrastructure. So could that have factored in it? Was Terry McAuliffe just not that great of a candidate? I don't know. There's a lot of things that we could digest about what happened last night. And I think it's probably a, a little bit of everything that yeah. people can come up with. So I'll leave it at that. You guys can talk about it. I, I agree with you, Tiff. That's I a mean, great intro, Tiff. Yes. And, and I actually wanted to touch on that comment that McAuliffe made in that debate, which if you step back and you really think about what he said, I don't even think he said anything that wrong. Like, I agree. A parent should not be able to just come into a school and be like, I'm going to take these books off the shelf. You're not going to be able to, you know, use them to teach my child because not oh, for Lord. nothing. You know what I'm saying? They mm -hmm. teachers go get their bachelor's degree, get their master's degree. We got to take a whole bunch of certification tests. And now, honestly, I'm speaking from, you know, the New York State Department of Education standpoint. But like, I got to go through all this, right? I'm a highly educated professional. 
but you're telling me that somebody with zero experience in my profession with no training and no education in that area, right? Should be allowed to come in and tell me how to do my job. Like, I'm not going to go tell the surgeon how to fucking do my surgery. You know what I mean? Right. So well, sis, now, you know, you know you're why talking do to people folks that don't have, you know, the background be able, should be able to tell me how to do my job that I've been trained and, and educated in. You know what well, I mean? It's you know, upsetting as hell. And that was really triggering to me, that comment. And I agree with you, Tiff. I think that had a lot to do with his loss. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I was really like bothered by all day. Is that, wow, that one comment, right, about education. <laughs> and it just, like, it turned everything around. And yes, it was a combination of other things, but the fact that people have such strong feelings about that is it's disheartening to me as a teacher. I don't even know how yeah. to move forward some days. Like I had a day today where I'm telling you, I, I text Myron today. And I was like, I don't even think I want to be a teacher anymore. Like, you <laughs> mm. have those moments where yeah. you're just like, yeah. I don't even want yeah, to. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. You know, and, you know since and that's. I was just going to say, like, you know, we live in a day and age now where, you know, everybody, you know, I, I, I chat a lot about this on my timeline in general because I am a communications expert. I'm, I'm literally that. Like, I got a degree in the field. I've been working in comms, working and currently working in marketing right now. Um, you know, my whole world, I'm five years into my career, so I consider myself an expert in this in this field. And, you know, what I've been telling folks for the longest is that we need to curve you know, these outlets of just, you know, giving any and everybody a platform to just say whatever the fuck they want and do whatever mm-hmm. the fuck they want. You know, there is, you know, we, we're, we're coming into a time now where folks, everybody who has gotten an expertise in something is now having their, their credentials, you know, questioned. whether you are a teacher, whether you are a medical professional. And I knew, I knew it was crazy when folks started questioning doctors during the, the height of this pandemic. And I mean, right. we're talking about folks that are suing hospitals, these people ain't got a, a lick of medical education, scientific education, and they're going in there and suing hospitals for the right to, to be treated with horse medication. That is how far gone yeah. we have gotten with, you know, this, this, yeah. this, uh, this culture of disinformation that people just eat up. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you don't, you know, the, the, what they talked about, and I, I can't think of who it was, but somebody said something about how the internet is one of the, the best tools, but also one of the worst things that could have happened to society. And I really believe that because it's like, you know, as we, because the, the information is so easy to access now, people don't have to do much to get this information. So they're not going to fact checking. They're not critically thinking through, uh, you know, this information that they're receiving. When you go to a, you know, when you go to a library or you have to go through, even if you have to go through an online archive, you still have to go through and fact check, you know, uh, mm-hmm. sources and scholastic, you know, like in at the university level, all of us who have been at the university level know that, you know, we can't have a paper with sources that we have not checked. You know, when I was right. coming up, Wikipedia was not considered a source for, you know, a paper that I could, you know, that I could submit in any of my courses. So what, what, what scares me the most is that this movement of anti-intellectualism is just metastasizing and it is a symptom of the breakdown of the public education system here in the United States that started 
I mean, honestly, right after FDR, and I mean, it just cascaded after, mm-hmm. you know, after integration happened. When we started integrating schools, I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but white folks lost their fucking minds. And yep. we have just seen a, 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 system, a systemic decline. You know, folks, you know, you know, instead of public schools, we see in charter schools. You know, Chicago had, you know, my hometown had over like 600, you know, public schools closed within the last like five or six years. My public wow. school, my high school is now a charter school. I can't, they, we don't even have a high school mascot anymore. They didn't turn wow. my high school you know, and, and, and this is, this is, hap- this has happened in black communities. It's now happening in other communities. They started with us, you know, the, the they the always court, start with us. We're the canary yeah. in the coal mine. Yes, ma'am. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's now, you know, now it's, it's just, it's just metastasized all over, you know, the country, you know, uh, uh, my favorite basketball player right now, uh, DeMar DeRozan, he talked about, you know, how Compton high school, his high school no longer exists. They shut it down. They, I guess they didn't tore it down. You know what I mean? So you've got so many of these institutions of education that have just been either neglected or they completely don't exist anymore. And people just don't know where to turn. And it's just this assault, you know, on on education that I just see. And and it's just like, you know, it's not just no child left behind, even though that kind of sped us up into this. But it's just years and years of just disrespect. Constantly. It's not really even about education. They're just education is the proxy to fight the race issue. Twas ever that. Mm-hmm. Yes, they, ma'am. They That's always what bring it, it. They want because they will say education out loud and they will wrap oh. all the bullshit up in the name of protecting their kids. But what they're really saying is, I don't I want don't my want kids to learn the true history of America it because is. it's unfair to them because mm-hmm. I want to keep the racial status quo the way it is. And I don't want to raise kids that will challenge it. This is all about whiteness and demographic change at the end of the day. They just found a new Southern strategy and they're and they're wrapping it up in an education issue because critical race theory doesn't even exist in K through 12 schools. You That's what I'm saying. Say yeah. that again. Michelle is right. And Sydney, I want to drill in on something you just said about the messaging. I think one of our biggest problems, and I agree with Tiffany's like lineup, but I think that one of our biggest problems on messaging is we are consistently on the defense. Mm-hmm. We, we are not on the offense. We don't go out and say, this is what we're doing. And, and when I say we, I'm not talking about the Twitterverse where we've got some good people messaging and they're like grassroots people messaging. I'm talking about our representatives. I'm talking about the news media. I'm talking about people who like, like, here's the thing. If you ask somebody about critical race theory as a journalist, ask them, what is critical race theory? Tell me about it, that. Where have you actually seen it come into play in the school? Talk to me about where in the curriculum specifically it sits. But they don't ask that question. They just throw this thing out. And the more you let critical race theory live in the ephemera, someone's gonna grab onto that as an answer. And, you know, it's, it, it, I don't care if it was in the South or in Boston in the seventies, when we had the busing strike, when we were like, we, we had to integrate the schools and everybody lost their damn minds. Okay. We have history of this. We know what it looks like, but we have failed to do anything. And when I say we, I mean, people who look like me, 
People can I make like can me. I make a counterpoint for that? Because, uh-huh. I, because I have seen people go on MSNBC. I've seen people go on CNN and talk up like Don Lemon has done umpteen freaking segments on critical race theory and that it's not this is not taught there. But guess what? The people that need to hear that message are not watching are not those listening. channels. Yeah. They're not right. watching those channels. Yeah. They're hearing it on Fox News where they have some yeah. random person who's talking about it. So our messaging is, it's fine. Yeah, we, we, we could have better messaging on it. We, we should have we been on, like I said, on the offer. We knew it was coming. It wasn't a surprise that they were going to use critical race theory, but Democrats are usually we fight on the defense instead of just saying like, okay, what you said was racist, but we can't say that because then the media, there's a whole nother thing. The media will start a whole thing. Go ahead, Lauren, because I know you're ready. Because <laughs> yeah. going off of what you just said, the other thing that they're doing is that they have black mouthpieces exactly. for their perception of what critical race theory is. And like there was a point where I was on YouTube just looking through, um, I like to follow, I like to follow, um, I don't go to church anymore. And that's just because I don't have a church home here, no place that I fit. So I like to follow um, ministers who believe in science. That's a wild thought. (laughs) (laughs) And going through looking for these people on YouTube, somehow, and I don't know how it happened, I stumbled across this black man who was giving a lecture at a church and it was probably a mega church. And this black man, he's a doctor. He's like a doctor of education. And he's talking about critical race theory. And as he was beginning, it's pretty insidious. He's clearly an educated man. He's talking about how he was introduced to someone who's like built schools in Africa. And he's oh, giving Lord, this lecture Lord. to this room full of white people, right? Jesus. And then he starts talking about how critical race theory it's not it's not what people are saying that it is and we need to understand that it's socialism it's socialist Mm -hmm. intervention into that 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 that. and I was like this is how you're doing it because it's not even a Candace Owens this is like a man who clearly like has brains in his head exactly and that's what they're running with yeah I I, I said that earlier you know Rodimus Prime you know, he had tweeted something about, you know, how the GOP has weaponized, you know, uh, successfully weaponized white women against their own demographic. And I said, uh, LOL, wait till they uh, finally, uh, wait, wait till they finally attach themselves to cis hetero black men because that's what's next. That's exactly. what's coming. And I saw it. Mm-hmm. I saw it with Kanye West. I saw mm-hmm. it with, you know, with with with, with the, the nonsense that's going on with Kaepernick. You know, this I'm not going to vote shit. And, you know, because what they do and, 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 and understand it is a it is a, a, a very insidious what they're doing. You know, this whole there's this there's like this whole internal attack against all the black women who are you know who are democrats right now you know kamala's at fault for everything uh you know they they don't want val demons you know um um uh uh what's her name from from ohio i can't think of her name right now but you know chantel brown thank you so much i I love her and i could not her name was just missing me y'all it's late i'm sorry and so you know you see you see that you see what this is you know with, with all these black women that are coming into these historic um, you know, positions within, you know, the party and, you know, just in, 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 in American politics in general. And that, because we, we're not talking about 
that, you know, that, that, you know, communal internalized massage noir that is happening to all of us in the black community. We're not, you know, we're not addressing hip hop. We're not addressing, you know, what's going on. And and those of us that are, we're getting drowned out because, you know, the, I mean, I don't know if folks have been paying attention, but if you, if, if you saw how people reacted to R. Kelly, understand that that is, that is a precursor to what is going to happen when more black women start to gain power because they don't want us to have any power. We are at the lowest part of the totem pole. So the minute that that, that, that happens, everybody starts to get shaky and it is easy to infiltrate shaky allies. I'm going to just say mm. that. Okay, but how about we talk about the lady who was the lieutenant governor that won last night, Winsome Sears, because again, she's a yep. black woman oh, and Lord. she had in her ads, she her was talking about critical race theory <laughs> and she was oh, talking Lord. about guns and the second yep. amendment mm-hmm. and abortion. So mm-hmm. they are, so it's not only black men they're trying to draw in and yeah. she is an excuse. She's an excuse it. to She's, she's an excuse to say, okay, well, we're not racist. We And they did it all day today. If you go on MAGA, uh-huh. it's on there. It's like MAGA Twitter. It's on there saying, oh, but we we voted for Winsome. Okay, and Winsome does not like, represent anything it's that like I would like to even be a part of. Yeah. You know, it's, well, it's you I mean, know, they... It, yeah. it happens on the left, too, with Bree Bree Greyjoy. You know what mm. I mean? There you go. This Come on, sis. Talk about it. This is the divide and conquer tactic, right? And yep. we're getting it from yep. both sides and both extremes. And besides, mm-hmm. listen, white people, let me tell you something. Any sisters walking around with their hair looking like Breeze does or like Winston does, they got no black friends. They ain't got no other black women in their circle. That should be a red flag. You shouldn't want to fuck with them. <laughs> if they walk out the house unmoisturized, head not greased, we don't fuck with them. They're not really part of the community. Okay, so I feel we can't like- even use them as tokens because as soon as we see their hair, we like, oh, not this bitch. No, ma'am, not Lieutenant Governor Split Ends. But I with that rifle that's about as big as her damn body. She had split ends and a rifle. Girl, put the gun away. Trade it in. Oh blue magic. Something. Please, I don't know. sis, do something. Get you a, a hot oil treatment and some steam. Come on now. Look. But, okay. but get a deep condition. Saying, you know, you need to get you some old school people. Carol's daughter. Not okay, girl. Not Carol's so daughter. Girl. Some mane and tail. Something. I love Carol's daughter. You better. You know they love animals and shit. Get us some mane and tails. You know that's supposed yeah, to yeah. ivermectin. Probably Carol's daughter. Oh, oh, she could probably borrow some mane and tail from Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm trying to tell you, girl. They got a they got a whole slew of that shit with ivermectin, mane and tail, all of it. They can drink it together. I don't know. Fuck. Like oh my God. that hoe got some mane and tail. She needed because she looked like she been rode hard and put away wet. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, girl. <laughs> a horse is a good chunk of taking care of than she is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to, to all of your points, right? I just, it keeps coming back to, I, I, I tweeted about it this morning and then I actually linked Michelle's thread because I'm like, we do have to remember to be happy. Yes, about we had a lot of wins. We had, you know, because we did get a lot of wins. But I said, you know, this thing that happened in Virginia, it's like a a little microcosm because at the end of the day, yes, it was the messaging and this and that, right? But they're going to switch their messaging. And I, they, meaning the Republicans, whatever they got to say to incite the racism in their base. So it comes back down to, for me, I just cannot see it coming back to anything else except for racism. They're gonna stoke Mm -hmm. the racism in this country 
by whatever means happens to be trendy for them at the time. Southern so strategy was like, let's that's use all the it code is. word education when we really mean we don't want children to learn about the reality of what Black people have had to endure in this country, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the veil right there. But if it wasn't that, it would have been something else that they would have focused on to stoke racism. So it's always fucking whatever ism. It was racism in Virginia, yeah. but it's, it's sexism in Texas with the abortion issue. Yeah. It's transphobia with the bathroom issue in other places. It's whatever whatever way the Republicans can figure out to make white women, suburban white women in particular, scared of whatever marginalized population is on deck, you know, whoever's, whoever's numbers are starting to threaten your power where you are, that's who they pick on. So in some places that's black people, in some places it's Latin people, in some places it's Arab people, in some places it's uh, the LGBT community. I mean, that's what they do. And we know this playbook. So my question to all the white women who call themselves allies, they have been run, the GOP has been running the same play since the 50s. Why do y'all keep falling for it and giving them power? Mm-hmm. I, do you want to know the answer? I want. You want me to speak for all white women? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> um, I would it's, say I hate to put you they in that like the Lord knows as a black woman, I've been put in that position so many times that I am loving today. It's my fucking uh, turn, finally. Yeah, they like the safety of their lives. They like the safety of their lives. They want to get up. They want to go to their soul cycle class. They want to go have brunch with their friends. They don't want to have any kind of thing that's causing them any sense of worry. And you know what would cause them worry is if their child is because what happens is because I know white women. I I know that. Okay. And you know what we do? We sit around and we compare ourselves against each other. We compare ourselves, we compare our wealth, we we compare our children, we compare and we compare and we compare. And when we are able to say my child, and I'm going to put the bumper sticker on the back ass of my car, is an honor student, and my student is going to this school, and my student has this, that is our way of saying, I am letting back because I was put on this planet to be the best mom and being the best mom means my child doesn't suffer and I'm not gonna put my face out there. And that's what happens. And it makes me sick. And they don't want to hear that because they think I did the work. I put my pussy hat on and I walked down Mm. the street and Mm -hmm. I talked about all this stuff. But when they started chanting Black Lives Matter, I didn't really understand that. I I didn't come here for that. I came here because you have created this bubble where you are not familiar with or live with or talk to or eat with or socialize with your competition doesn't mean we're not competition because... Mm You know, I still got my education. I knew I had to be twice as good to get half as far. And I'm ABD on a PhD. So it didn't stop me from smoking all those white people who I went up against. They just mm-hmm. weren't prepared for me when I did it. Right. All right. right. I love um, you, Michelle. I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah, I do too. I'm just like, I'm sitting here looking at you like snapping. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I need to go I'm up to Cincinnati. Saying, not, <laughs> sheltering your kid is not protecting them. No. And that, 
I agree. Good point. In fact, yeah. opposite because they are not going to be prepared for the level you of competition once they get out to the world. Failure. And now, now make it international. Do you know how mm -hmm. America is so far down low on most of the empirical educational things we do that? And it's because white kids are so busy being compared to underprivileged black and Hispanic kids. They're not even mm -hmm. comparing themselves to the international community. And it's Facts. laughable. Well, mm -hmm. look, my mother said it years ago. And, and, and as someone who works with colleges and universities, that's my bread and butter. 30 right. years working in higher ed, I will tell you this right now, if these states, they're already, when admissions officers go out and they say, I'm going to this school district, I'm going to this place, they know what kind of education you're getting. Mm -hmm. And you know what's going to happen, guys? The folks in the, some of those schools where the loonies are taking over the school board and they're setting the agenda, guess what's going to happen? Right. They're, they're going to hurt the school for anymore. everybody. Yep. And, but then it creates this like this this circle of of anger because of why isn't my kid getting into school? Why isn't my kid right? And then we're going to have more of those damn lawsuits about uh, you know more white kids need to get into this school and more of this has to happen. So it's just going to keep feeding each other. And as educators, Elian, you know, God love you. Don't stop teaching. Okay. <laughs> Unless you yes, find please, a really, sis. I, I will. We need you. You, you know, it's a temporary. You get past. <laughs> don't stop because people are a holes. Stop because if I, you don't love it anymore. If right. I haven't given up these these dude bro motherfuckers in big tech, then you can't stop teaching. Okay, <laughs> I'm about to retire. <laughs> On their asses, though. I can't. I can't. Definitely. I'm going to become a stripper because it's that's just really. You know, honestly, my my one, you know, my best friend, she's she's now a principal and she's been after me for years to go teach in Rockland County in the suburbs where we actually went to middle school and high school. And I just <laughs> you know, they get paid at a guy from Rockland County. Yeah. Paid for it and and the and those school budgets are definitely better. The kids have better resources. Like it's it, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Yeah. A working environment, but I, I just can't bring myself to do. I'm like, but that, I, I, it's more comfortable to feel like you're making happening. less of a difference. Yeah. Right. You know, and what happens is it's a quick burnout in, I hate saying the word urban school districts, but in a big school district like mm -hmm. New York City, where we have over a million students. Well, right. yeah, because then you got you got kids that are like basically sitting on top of each, you know, like y'all got like oh, 30 yeah. students, it's, 40 students to one teacher. You can't yeah. teach in those environments. It's it's insane. But not only that, not only are we dealing with maybe socioeconomic factors, certain school districts, because even in New York City, you'll see the disparity between one district and another. It is highly segregated still to this day. I mean, we are the most segregated school district in the country. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. Yep. So you'll see kids in like district one and their schools are popping, right? But then district nine and like the South Bronx, you barely get money per student in the budget. So yeah. it's really interesting how that happened. Well, not interesting. We know how, why it is. We know why. <laughs> we know, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just you have to battle all these things, but then they're expecting the same exact outcome. And then they're comparing, you know, apples and oranges. So you're comparing a student in a school that's crowded, in a class mm -hmm. that's crowded, who mm -hmm. they might get 
You know, that school might get $1,000 per student, whereas that same student in the same grade in the same type of classroom in Rockland County, they'll get like $5,000 per student there. It's a huge difference. You can, yeah. you know, purchase different things. You can pay more money for your teachers. And as much as you want to say, well, we're not in it for the money. He goes, no, we do not go into teaching to, to be rich. However, I mean, when it comes down to it, people need to live. So a higher yeah. salary is going to look more enticing. Okay. And right. what ends up happening is, you know, you're in these districts with crappy budgets and, you know, overcrowding and all this other shit you got to deal with. And after a while, you burn the hell out. And that mm-hmm. higher salary in that cushy little suburban district starts to look right. so good, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's always like, a crisis of conscience for me. Like, I'm like, no, I can't, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. I know I'll make more money. I'll know it, but I just, I can't do it because that's what happens. There's a high turnover rate because it's so quick of a burnout because we're not supporting the teachers. We're not supporting the service providers, the, you know, the physical therapists, you, you have to see physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists, how many kids they're actually split in between. It's overwhelming for anybody. And so for people to even stick with it is a testament, you know. We have reading interventionists that we lose crazy Mm -hmm. amounts every single year. And it's sad. It's like we're in a state that needs its reading. Like it needs to work on it. We've worked on it for 21 years now, the organization that I work with. But yeah, the burnout that we see from all these interventionist programs that need the most and they're dealing with 500 students in one tiny little district and yeah yeah you know I just I literally you know I live in uh, I, I technically live in Cobb County um but I'm in Atlanta if, if anybody's familiar with Atlanta Atlanta's like a city full of fucking counties which is the weirdest shit I've ever experienced in my life <laughs> so yes, be careful how you talk election. about my hometown ma'am <laughs> I love it I love it I live in Cobb well, clearly I live in Cobb County I'm just I'm just like I'm you know, I'm a new resident, so I'm trying to learn my new home. And it's still just like, you know, I, I grew up in smack dab in Cook County and Cook County in Chicago and Chicago was pretty much Illinois. So because um, <laughs> everything else outside of Cook County really doesn't matter. But um, anyway, so, you know, I, uh, I went to vote yesterday and we were voting on expanding the budget for Cobb County district schools. So it'd be like Marietta city and Vinings and Cobb County and all of that. And I was like, okay, you know, and I voted of course to expand the budget. Cause I, I know that these kids need more money. Like even if they, even if they have more money than Fulton, you know, which I'm hoping that Fulton County is able to expand their budget. All of these kids in Georgia need as much money as possible for these schools. Like I'm just, you know, and so, you know, it's, it's important, you know, that we, that we as voters get involved in what's going on at these school districts, because that is what's going to go next. You know, we traditionally, you know, we don't, I haven't really talked about, you know, voting for, you know, these, you know, the school districts and getting involved in the schools. You know, my mom was a school parent, but, you know, she was one of those, you know, I'm going to come up to school and I'm going to get in the principal's fucking ass if they fuck with you, but I'm, you're good. Otherwise, you know, type parent, like, she knew that I was a good student. I didn't have any problems. My mom really didn't have to have those issues, but it's a different ball game now. And it alludes back to what I was saying previously about this attack on, you know, the public school system and just, you know, schools in general that I've seen over the last 15 years. It is just, you know, with these, with the ACT and the SAT shit and the no child left behind, it seems like, you know, the decline has kind of 
pushed itself into hyperdrive, you know, with this, you know, prison, you know, this, this school to prison pipeline shit, you know, this zero yeah. tolerance policy shit, you know, it's like, you know, these kids are, you know, you got all these cops in schools and, you know, my mom talked about, you know, a lot of, a lot of this is all very new, like millennials, you know, were some of the first generations. And, and I, I believe this is, and, and y'all can please feel free to, to correct me, but I believe we were the first generation to really, really experience like policing in the schools, like armed police officers, you know, where they, the police yeah. were literally in my high school with guns on the, you know, and they were, I, I mean, when we were fighting, I got, you know, we, you know, kids will fight, you know, that's what they do. You know, the first time that I got into a fight in high school, a police officer yoked me up and put me in a chokehold, literally. Wow. And I fought this man and I literally got rolled up because I punched him in the face because I was a 15 year old girl and I was being detained like I was a prisoner being yeah. drugged out of my lunchroom by a police officer. That is yeah. not an uncommon experience. And I was in a very good school district. You know, we were, we were wow. pretty high up, you know, we weren't, you know, so the kids that were in worse school districts, like, you know, kids that were on the South side of Chicago or in the inner city, you know, those kids were coming to school. Like I, I can remember Derek Rose's um, alma mater, Simeon high school, if you guys are not familiar with it, but um, you know, there was a running thing about, you know, how, you know, you had to get to Simeon really early because you had to go through metal detectors. That is something that I don't know, you know, I know that that kind of started in the eighties. It was kind of a thing in certain schools, like the urban areas, like New York and Chicago and LA, but it was really like, you know, the, the, the way that schools had turned into, you know, basically literal, like many prisons for a lot of, you know, kids of color, it just, it was just like, that was a norm for us. And it didn't occur to me until I graduated from college that that was not the experience that a lot of kids had in school. You know, I went to, I, I, I spent a year in middle school in New Mexico and I can remember being so dumbfounded by the fact that these kids had lockers outside of school. Like, I, like literally they could go outside in the daytime, take a breath of fresh air, go to their locker, their lockers were outside. And everybody was like, oh, well, Illinois can't do that because it snows. But literally we could not, those kids could leave campus for, for lunch. We literally were, if, if we tried to even go by the doors to leave for a lunch period in high school, we were getting smacked with a truancy uh, violation. You know, they were, you uh -huh. know, the truancy shit. And then they would, if you got too many truancy violations, you were, you were, you were out of there. And the next step was juvenile detention for a lot of kids. You know, it was alternative school, night school. And then if you fought in night school, you were either getting a GD, GED or you were going to jail. So, like I said, this has just been, I think a lot of us, we kind of just accepted it for what it was. And now we're starting to see the results of years and years of, you know, the failure of public schools in the United States. Wow. So we're yeah. going to... We're going to take a uh, real quick break and we're going to come back uh, with uh, the next round and the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like and subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. To get in touch with the show, email us at notanendorsement at gmail.com. This is Not An Endorsement is a Spring Break 83 production.